Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Happy not Thanksgiving anymore. Happy not Thanksgiving anymore to you too. Huzzah! <laughs> how 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 was your turkey? Uh, quite big. Uh, how big? How big was it? It was so. Big. It was twenty one pounds. <laughs> of... Wait, what? You got a twenty one pound turkey? Yeah. Well, I was expecting to have family, linebackers, and then you know, with the whole COVID thing happening, and then you know, we decided oh. to not have people come. Uh, we decided to just keep it to uh, myself, the penguinologist, and our brother. Uh, so right. it was, it's a lot of turkey and I will be eating it until I die. How about you? Uh, I got a 16 pound turkey and it was perfect this year. I don't like to do a lot of turkey bragging. That's a lie. I love to do turkey bragging and my turkey was moist. It is still moist. It's been in the fridge and little pieces ever since. And it is still moist. It is delicious. Wow. Yeah. I'm, that's my, that's my turkey brag. <laughs> turkey brag. But uh, besides talking about turkeys, uh, what, what, do you, what do we do on this here podcast here? We talk about uh, children's picture books. That is correct. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so flummoxed by the actual answer that I <laughs> my tongue is tied. Uh, yes, that suspiciously is precisely what we do. And, and why? Why do we look at, at children's picture books? Uh, because there's not enough cat anuses in picture there books. There you go. So we try That's... to determine... No, that's the Kate I was looking for. That's go. my gal. She's back. <laughs> She's back. No, oh. is not what we do. We 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 determine whether or not they are classics or not. Sure, okay. That's our whole thing. That's literally the entire point of the show. Now today's book, um, I should say, uh, is actually a a children's book that is typically linked to Richard Nixon, um, which I will explain. But because the hero of this book is a little, is a little orange guy, I'd say that this is much more appropriate for a certain, I will never concede president who shall remain nameless. I do have this brief little like flash of like, oh no, what if this isn't timely anymore by the time this podcast comes out? Ha 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 this is this book. I I was like, oh, I should have done this weeks ago. No, no, it's it's still fine. So, why don't I you I have the the book. You have the book over there. Why don't you take it out of the bag? Boo, 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 boo. Marvin K. Mooney, will you please go now? Yes, I, I'm glad you pronounced the exclamation mark. Um, <laughs> it would have been very unfortunate if you'd missed that. And bye. Oh, Dr. Seuss. Correct, 1972. Uh, yeah, that's it's uh it's one of his easy books. So we're back in Susian easy book territory, from which we will never run out of books. So uh, go read that book. All right. While Kate does her read, let's uh let's get the real story behind Mr. Marvin K. Mooney here, and uh, to do so, I'm going to turn to a very reputable source. 
More specifically, the book I co-wrote with Jules Danielson and Peter Saruta called Wild Things, Acts of Mischief in Children's Literature. Even more specifically than that, pages 20 to 21. It is on this page that you can read the following. Wasn't night so I should preface this by saying that this book came out in 1972. Wasn't 1972 around the time people started insisting that President Nixon leave office? Was Seuss writing a parable about the president who simply would not leave? Just as the narrator begs Marvin to leave, and there really is abundant begging, couldn't the author have been slyly winking at adult readers, having created a delightful political parody? Well, as it happens, it's unlikely that Geisel would have had the president dead in his sights with this one. See, by 1972, the Watergate scandal had only just broken. Uh, Seuss, however, to his credit, did understand how beautifully the two ideas flowed together. Because, you see, by 1974, he was sending his friends copies of a new publication, Richard M. Nixon, Will You Please Go Now? Geisel's buddy, Art Buchwald, actually republished it in his own column in the Washington Post on July 30th, 1974. As he said, My good friend Dr. Seuss wrote a book a few years ago called Marvin K. Mooney, Will You Please Go Now? He sent me a copy the other day and crossed out Marvin K. Mooney and replaced it with Richard M. Nixon. And as we say, it was a match made in heaven. And we're back. Hello. Hello. So... When you gave me this book, I totally thought that um, the name of the book was Will You Please Go Now, written by Marvin K. Mooney. And I was like, <laughs> um, was this guy and like Seuss and Petey Eastman roommates in college or something? Because they all look pretty similar. This guy clearly was macking off of Seuss's style. I, I don't know what to tell you. I kind of love the idea that the author is Marvin K. Mooney. Yeah. Then it gets very self-referential. <laughs> I just want to write an entire book about someone telling me to leave. Well, I also don't understand why it's a question, but it ends with an exclamation point. Huh. Like, it's Well, saying, now that's something I never even thought about. Now, that is a question, if you're saying... Maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's an order in disguise of a question. Take out, like, will you? Just yeah. leave it as... Take out the please. Marvin K. Mooney, go now. Which, I mean, it's it's very polite. You know, it feels like, Canadian. It feels downright Canadian, where it's like, will you, will you please go now? <laughs> Actually, that feels Pretty British please. more than anything else. But okay. it does have the best... You'll be so good. It has the best first line. Oh, what's the first line? The time has come. That's right, the walrus said, to talk of many things, of shoes and ships and sealing wax, of castles and Betsy, of kings. Betsy. Betsy. And why the sea Betsy. is boiling hot and whether pigs Come have wings. Betsy. I so rarely get to quote it. You have to let me at least do that much. <laughs> there was a period. It, there was nothing after that. It was just the time has come, period. <laughs> Which, okay. Uh, it's, it's, Sounds about right. Yeah. And he, the narrator is like this thing off to the side. All you see are its arms. And it's talking so to, you... the, to Marvin, who's like this little... I don't know, who from Whoville, I guess. Yeah, that's the best way to describe him. He's like a who. And he's wearing a purple onesie. 
maybe it's just me, but am I like the only one that really wants this purple onesie? Because it looks mm, super comfy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like those slankets, but for the human. Exactly. Body. Except this has yeah. like it, it's got like gloves. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's a natty little slanket, it's is like what if I'm you trying to, to say. Be a Teletubby, but without the scary headpiece. <laughs> it is very strange that the person who is telling him to go, who you only see as like. Oh gosh, what's the name? Like the Onesler from uh, the Lorax, who is just a pair of arms. This is basically the Onesler has gotten his own book again, and and he's so like it's imposing and kind of scary. And Marvin K. Mooney's this adorable little furry guy, and what? we're supposed to be on whose side now? Yeah, he's literally done nothing except stand there, and this narrator <laughs> guy is so rude. He's just he says, "Just go." go go i don't care how there may be mitigating circumstances perhaps this guy was having a party and it's 2 a.m and he just wants to go to bed and marvin is showing like no sign of leaving this party well the narrator gives all sorts of examples of how marvin can leave like you can go by foot you can go by cow because apparently that's an option um but he, he says you can go on skates or skis you can go in a hat and then he says, uh, you can go on a Zyke bike, if you like. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with a, what a Seuss Zyke bike is, <laughs> just imagine a tandem bike with no seats and a third wheel. <laughs> is that a metaphor, Kate? Because that sounds like a metaphor. It, it, it's it's not. It's a literal description. But it's a literal um, description. You can so no it however you want. Third wheel, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but on like the opposite page, I do like how it says, "Just go, 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 please do, do, do." So you all you have to do is change one letter from "go" to "do," and it doesn't have to rhyme. And I think that's a really important lesson when you're teaching kids about how to mm-hmm. read is that that's true you could just change one letter but it doesn't necessarily rhyme yeah it doesn't say go 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 do 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 or goo 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 do 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 <laughs> which though i kind of wish you said so <laughs> it does marvin k mooney will you please goo now it's a very amusing book when you think about it right i mean i would not, read that book not saying that it should be edited but <clears throat> so <laughs> It goes through more examples of how this poor guy can leave. Like, you can go on stilts, you can go by fish, and then it says you can go in a crunk car if you wish. Now, to me, cars have wheels. Like, mm. that's what defines a car is that it has mm. wheels. This. I would agree. Well, except if you're Fred Flintstone. Well, even Fred Flintstone's car had wheels. He just didn't. Yeah. He didn't have a motor, wheels. he didn't have an engine, but yeah. This thing is a robot. It's got ears, <laughs> it's got feet, uh, it's got a steering wheel, but this is not a car. I think this is a, a not a very good description, personally. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm I'm having I'm having a glimpse of the future when we have cars that do not need wheels anymore, and I am thinking that some designer is going to call these crunk cars solely because of this book. I'm just saying, in 50 years, when this becomes the case, nope. I want to call you up and be like, told you so. Yeah, and you'll yeah. be like, who is this? And I'll hang up really fast. <laughs> you, you, you do that. You do that. I got it all <laughs> planned out. <laughs> so again, the narrator being super rude, 
is giving mm. more examples of how this poor cutie patootie can leave. Okay, there is this one illustration. It says, uh, if you can, if you wish, you may go by lion's tail or stamp yourself and go by mail. Okay, imagine this, like, angel baby in a mail carrier sack <laughs> with a little stamp on its forehead. And like, I- like, normal when Garfield would try to send him to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> oh See, honey, God, do so not cute. do not fall for the charms of Marvin K. Mooney. This is how he ends up sticking around forever. Come on, he's got like little dimples. Oh, he does have dimples. Why no, would you want to get rid of him? I there must be he must do something horrible. Is he a cannibal? We don't know. There's something <laughs> bad about this guy. So that that's where I get in my notes. I wrote, "Why is this person so desperate to get rid of Marvin?" Is mm-hmm. is is it Marvin's parent and their mistress is coming over? Is it like, <laughs> is it that, is it that one unwanted it does feel friend? Like, here's 20 bucks, Marvin, go to the, the movies. <laughs> Just get out of here. I don't want your mother to us. You know, like, is it that unwanted friend who can't take the hint to leave? Is it. See, like, that was my take on it. Is is the house on fire and Marvin is blind and he doesn't know where the door is? Like, there's <laughs> multiple options as to why he's not leaving. And this guy is just. Ugh, so rude. And Marvin is not, but Marvin doesn't care, baby. This guy could yell at him all day long. Marvin is not affected by this guy's increasing hostility. He has this benign, beatific, serene kind of expression on his face. Like, nothing faces Marvin. Maybe Would that we were all Marvin. I think he's deaf. I think he can't hear what this person is saying. And so he's just waiting for this guy to be like either sign to me what you want to communicate or leave me alone so i'm or 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 alternate possibility does this guy not exist and this is just the voice in marvin's head where like marvin's at a party and he's saying to himself like should i leave and then increasingly throughout the night he's hearing like this little voice in his head being like no we gotta go now we should just leave we should just get out of here but the voice in your head i don't think is this rude i mean not, well, not mine. Mine is a delight. So, yeah. <laughs> so then again, he's giving more examples of how to leave, and he says, "Get yourself a gazoom. You can go with a boom." Um, the this gazoom machine uh, has an in and it has an out. They're clearly labeled in and out, and it okay. looks like. The the out is like a speaker, you know, like something at the end of a cannon that uh, Mm -hmm. Marvin is flying out of. But the in, I'm wondering, is that like where, I don't know, does coal go in it? Does gasoline go in it? (laughs) Does helium go in it? What what does the gazoom run off of? This, This is what I think. You know what? You know what? I think I can say with certainty you're the first human being in the history of the universe who's ever looked at this book and asked that question with Yo, <laughs> no one has ever questioned the gazooms at power source i mean it, it doesn't plug into anything so it's got to be and it's that sounds smoke. green that sounds like a green energy thing to me i don't know there's there's maybe gray, it's a perpetual motion machine we there's just gray clouds of smoke coming out of it oh well that's not clean at all right unless that's like methane or something <laughs> At the end of that page, though, it says, you can go with a boom. Marvin, 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 will you leave this room? 
So he's not asking okay, him to leave the house. He's just asking him to leave the room. So is Oh, well, now that's interesting. Yeah, so is he in the bathroom? Is he in the kitchen? Where is he? Why does he want oh, to yeah. leave the room well, so Well, if bad? you're trying to use the restroom and Marvin just wants to talk all day and he's not leaving the bathroom. Yeah, get the freaking out, man. Bathroom time. We don't know. We Go don't hang know. out in the kitchen. Maybe he's in the attic. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want a Marvin in my attic. I can tell you that much. Why not? He's so quiet. He's not doing anything. He's not he hurting anyone. He's insulation or something weird. He looks like a squirrel with no tail. So He looks and like an clothing. angel baby. Okay? Angel <laughs> baby. <laughs> so one thing I noticed is that even before the title page, I don't know what you call these, like the end pages. End papers. Yes. Yeah, so you've got these pointy fingers all pointing at Marvin. And mm. one of the pointy hands has a watch. And the time is either 9.30 or 6.45. I can't really tell. But at, by the end of the book, you can see the watch, and it's either 3.45 or 9.15. So it either <sighs> took six hours or two and a half hours, or maybe time went back 15 minutes <laughs> for Marvin <laughs> to finally leave. Um, okay, well, here's my theory. It could be that when it comes to Marvin, a person, even if you're friends with a guy, you know that you have to start early, way before you would want Marvin to actually leave, to get him to leave. So he started at 9.30, in the, or maybe he started at 6.45 in the morning, and it's ending at 9.15 at night? That's correct. That's about the length of time that you need to take in order to get Marvin out of your home. <laughs> if you don't start that early, it takes even longer, and who has the time? So, yeah. But this is what it's I don't problem. get. At the very end, it says, I said, go and go. I meant ellipsis. Well, not even an ellipsis because there's four dots, not three. So it's, I meant dot, 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 dot. The time had come. So dot, dot, dot. Marvin went. What? Why did he leave? Was it the rude finger pointing and yelling? Because I'd be sick of that too. So I'm, again, 100% on Marvin's side. (laughs) But he went. You you gotta you gotta admit he at least went off his own accord. He was not dragged out. No one forced him out. He went on his own two legs and walked After out. After being bullied and like and, and pointed at rudely, like again, oh. I point out we don't know the circumstances around this situation. There could be a very good reason Marvin should be going. It looks like perhaps he's in, got, like- perhaps he was president and he's refusing to get out of the White House. We don't know. <laughs> It's just a random example. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That's it. All right. All right. All right. All right. So um, as I may have just alluded, uh, this book has been used is probably the top Seuss book mentioned by politicians. And I say this not just because back in the day it was used to ask Mr. Richard Nixon to leave, but it keeps coming up. So if you go to the Wikipedia page for it, and I am I am granting you the Wikipedia is not always the most reliable source. However, I am very amused by whoever collected all the different instances in which this has been invoked. Um, so apparently, uh, as you know, the 2008 presidential election, it was uh, mentioned when Hillary Clinton had a uh, campaign against Barack Obama. Uh, people were telling her to just go. Uh, it was used, it was applied to uh, Hosni Mubarak during the 2011 Egyptian Revolution. It referred to Donald Trump during 
and after both the 2016 presidential election and the 2020 presidential election. And I can tell you, they have a link to a book someone made, which is uh, Donald J. Trump, Will You Please Go Now? And it is, and I mean this sincerely, and, and you know, with all sincerity, uh, it is one of the worst mock picture books I have ever seen. I may link to it. It's just that bad. And, you know, I don't like Trump, but this book is bad. Like, I think someone could make a very good Donald J. Trump, will you please go now? And this is not that. Ratings time. You go first. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a one-trick pony. It really is only doing one thing. I have a hard time imagining, and I'm sure this child exists, but I have a hard time imagining the child who it's like, all right, kid, it's, it's bedtime, sweetie. What book do you want to read? And the kid, like, runs to their shelf and pulls out Marvin K. Unless the kid's name was either Marvin or Mooney or possibly even K., I cannot like imagine the child who this is like their favorite book of all time. So, um, and it's fine. I I wouldn't even necessarily call it lesser Seuss. It's just not top Seuss. It's not top of the Seuss chain on this one. Um, no racism. So two thumbs up way, way over here for that one. But beyond that, there's, it's not the most memorable thing in the world. So I'm giving it a four. Okay. I think it could have ended better. I you think he shouldn't have left? He I should have stuck to his guns. Like maybe a reason other than just like, oh, okay, now he's gone. The end. <laughs> like, but wouldn't you argue that the very reason it works and that it is memorable is that it can be applied to so many reasons in real life? Yeah, I was had to get over like, here. And I do like that it teaches reading, of course, but it does. Yes. It's just the story of some rude person yelling and screaming and pointing and someone not taking it anymore. And then he left. So (laughs) I'm not a fan. I gave it a 3.75. This is definitely not one of my more favorite Seuss books you've introduced to me. So yeah, I agree. I agree. uh, Not a classic. Not a classic. Oh, well, that's all right. Jinx. All right. Um, Letters time. We got a really good one. So good at eschewed any others that we might have gotten, so I'm just going to read it. This is coming from Andrew Medlar, director of Book Ops. What is Book Ops, you say? Why, Book Ops is the central agency that purchases all the books for New York Public Library and Brooklyn Public Library. Andrew used to be the head of collections uh, over here in Chicago Public Library, youth collections, I believe. And then he got hired by New York Public Library and Brooklyn Public Library to run Book Ops. So, he's a fan uh, because he wrote the following. Thank you so, 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 so much for doing a piece on Cranberry Thanksgiving. Not only is it a sentimental favorite of mine, taking pride of place in my annual Thanksgiving Day book display on our cocktail table at home, which right there I love. But it also figured into my children's literature uh, librarian interview at CPL back in the day. The last question was, Kel Surprise, what is your favorite book? To which I unhesitatingly answered, Cranberry Thanksgiving. 
So here's to Grandma and her 70s-era Botox dysfunctional waspy holidays <laughs> and to 16 men on a dead man's chest. Cheers, <laughs> Andrew. P.S. The only negative thing about this book is that the illustration in the illustrations, the silverware all matches, which is in clear contradiction to the text. But then again, no book is perfect. Sigh. Thank you, Andrew. That is a good letter to get. Uh, maybe they, the silverware was passed down. Maybe it's a family heirloom. I don't know. I can't remember the silverware being mentioned in the text, which shows that I clearly have no, not read this book as closely as I don't remember Andrew seeing has. pictures of it. I don't remember it at all. Yeah, and I just want to back up to the fact that he has a cocktail table in his home that he does different children's book displays of, which, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. So anyway, amazing. Grown-up things we like. So every, like, around Christmas time, I like to do a puzzle. And usually I'll do it when we go to Kalamazoo and I'll try and finish an entire puzzle within like, you know, three days. And I remember one year there was a time where I almost missed a trade because I was, I was like, just pick up a piece, put it out, pick it up a piece, put it down, got to get in. So this year, since I'm not sure if we're even going to get together for Christmas, you know, with COVID and everything, I decided mm -hmm. to buy my own puzzle. Um, I went to Target and you can't buy it in the store you have to buy it online but it's by puzzle works and it's called vintage christmas thousand pieces thousand pieces 25 dollars. highly recommend it it is uh, a great thing to do to like turn off your brain and just chill and relax during these crazy hectic times highly recommend doing a puzzle this one is not super sappy and um it's entertaining so can you yeah. send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes in case other people wish to partake of this particularly good puzzle? Yeah, sure. No problem. Excellent. We will do that thing. Okay. Uh, this, this week I'm feeling really happy because I have, I have very grown up this week. Um, first I'm going to begin with a small thing I like on one of my favorite podcasts, pop culture happy hour. Aisha Harris mentioned recently the names of her two pets and they are, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just mad because I didn't have a chance to name my cats this. It's it's too brilliant. One animal, I don't know what if they're, they're dogs or cats or what they are, but one animal is named Liz Lemon, and the other one is named Lucille Two. And if you get those references, then we are watching the same TV shows. So, well done there. The other thing that I've really come to enjoy recently is Bill Nye's podcast, Science Rules. This is a delightful podcast. Um, as some people might know from listening to the show, I love me my sciencey podcast. He's super fun. He'll have an expert come on and they'll just discuss the science behind James Bond. Um, but the thing that really got me hooked was he had uh, his guest was uh, Yuvan Noah Harari, who wrote the book *Sapiens: A Brief History of Mankind*, who came on to explain that humans have evolved as well as they have because of fiction and storytelling. And he has evidence for this, and it's amazing. So much so that I actually checked out the audiobook of Sapiens, and I am listening to it right now. I am so grown up. Yeah, look at me, listening to a grown-up book. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> well done, that's good. good job. Thank you. <laughs> I can tell I you really think... wanted that pet on the back. <laughs> I really needed that pet on the back. I was just like angling for it. Yes, like, come on, pat the back. I mean, you can't go wrong with Bill Nye. He's just the best. So He really is. He's, he's a delightful podcast host. I mean, 
I don't know. I, this guy, he just keeps going and going and going. I want to eat whatever food he eats and get his energy because it is very admirable. So listen to the podcast while doing a puzzle. Bada boom, bada bing. Bada boom, bada bing. And so correct me if I'm wrong. We are we are coming up on Hanukkah here. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I have already identified the Hanukkah book that we can do in our next recording. And I'm, I'm very pleased because usually it's hard to find more uh, of the Hanukkah books, but I found one and uh, I'm very excited about it because it's actually being reprinted this year. We're not going to read the reprint. We're going to read the original. So very exciting. You know what I have on my coffee table? What do you have on your coffee table? Meet the Latkas. Oh, uh, who is that by? Alan Silverberg. Very good. Fan of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, and I'm a fan of his book. And I was like, I was putting, we, we put up a Christmas tree. We put up Hanukkah decorations. We just got a little bit of everything in this house. So. Just throw it all in there together. It's yeah, fantastic. why not? You know, it's 2020. Do whatever you want. Exactly. Because nobody's going to see it. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> and on that cheery, cheery note. Thanks, Betsy. You're welcome. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Woohoo! Fusing Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our resident crunk car is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.